3: A podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis.
0: And I'm telling you,
4: I heard the bus go, "Ah, and the kid in the back gave me the finger.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now.
4: Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi, joined... By my man, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, finally in the flesh. You're back after your sojourn, and uh, man, you look tanned, uh, not a ton of new scars, uh, so (laughs) it it seems like you had a good time, man.
5: Oh, it was great. It was great, but you know what? It's even better to be back. I feel like the combination of, you know, being gone and just the team not having a home game for 12 days, it feels like so much longer than that. It almost feels like... An all-star break, but you still were playing games in it, which I guess that's not really an all-star break, but (laughs) it just felt like a long time since they've been here. It kind of feels um, weird to just try to get back into the rhythm today, but I'm excited to be back in the Smoothie King Center, and I'm sure... A lot of fans also feel like it's been way too long since we had the intensity and the uh, fun that has been the home games all season.
4: Yes, we have missed it, and we've missed you, man. I mean, I know it's only been a few shows without you, but it again, it has felt like a month, and I think the face tattoo looks great. People are going to get <laughs> used to it. Don't worry about it. Uh, man, we're facing the uh, Miami Heat tonight. Uh, no easy opponent. You know, they sit 7th in the East. Not a, you know, not a world beater. They're sitting 24-21, but... They got that man, Jimmy Butler, and he is always a problem for the Pelicans.
5: Yes, and by the way, I think for the fact that I had no tattoos and then started with a face tattoo was yeah. kind of a bold that's choice. That's yeah. But, you know, that's that's how I'm living right Come now. Come at him strong. So, you know? yeah. But, no, in terms of the heat tonight, um, I mean, one of the things that I have in the keys to the game presented by FanDuel is wing defense for the Pelicans. Uh, Miami, some of their biggest weapons, a lot of their biggest weapons offensively are guys that play the two and the three spot, whether it's Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo has kind of had like a career resurgence lately, which I think has been great for a lot of people have said that it's been awesome to see that he was out for he missed so much time with injuries. And he was a great he was reaching that level of being a great player when he was at Indiana before he kind of got derailed. But um, by all the physical stuff that he's dealt with but, I mean, that's going to be important for New Orleans with the defensive guys that they have. Unfortunately, Herb Jones is listed as doubtful, so mm-hmm. that's not looking good But as far as him being able to play tonight. But um, that's crucial. And I think one of the things, too, that I'm looking at for the Pelicans specifically, regardless of opponent, is they need to get back to some of the things that they've done well all season that kind of tripped them up a little bit on the road trip. Some of that was the opponent. I mean, Cleveland is a a really good team, and they have a great front court. Yeah, they know when to
4: turn it on. That fourth quarter was tough.
5: It was. And it was was surprising, though, even with the personnel that the Cavs have, that they dominated New Orleans on the board so much. So that's one of the things. I want to see New Orleans get back to being, you know, one of the best rebounding teams in the league, winning the free-throw battle. where They start making some free-throws, man. It's
4: been tough at the free-throw line. For for everyone, it just seems like it's been a rash with the Pelicans.
5: And even – obviously it's important to make them because if you go to the free throw line and don't make them, it doesn't really give you much. (laughs) But I I'm specifically also looking at the number of free throw attempts that they've gotten because as we've seen the last two years and even more so when Zion's playing, they consistently shoot more free throws than the other team does. Yeah. But that, that dropped a little bit on the road trip. And in the Cleveland game, um, the Cavs shot more free throws. And then the third thing is the turnovers that they need to swing that back in their favor. So I just want to see, I mean, this is only a one-game homestand, so it's not like they're getting a great opportunity to settle in. Yeah, and, but it feels right. like a long
4: time coming. You know, we've been ready mm-hmm. for this one.
5: But over maybe these next three games where they're playing, just coincidentally, all Florida teams, just to return to the way that they've looked for most of the season. I mean, I've, I'm sure you could say this about a lot of teams across the entire NBA, that when they go on a road trip and they don't look like themselves consistently, yeah. then they come back home and, and and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, that's the team remember. Yeah, there they remember. are. Yeah. So, um, so those are the biggest things that I'm looking forward to uh for tonight and just in the short term.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 fans in the Smoothie King Center tonight, you are the wind in their sails. So be loud, uh get in there tonight. Uh Jim, you know, as we uh, as we go into this game, you know, we're facing Miami and then as you said, uh we're back on the road. It's it's crazy to think we're we're over halfway through the season right now. And uh and here we go. It it just seems like we've played Ton of games.
5: I feel like the period from Christmas till today flew by. I'm yeah. not really sure why it just feels like, um, the last 10, 15 games, it's like you snap your fingers and all of a sudden we're so much deeper into the, into the season. Um, I mean, now we're looking at, I think it's 15 games between now and the all-star break. So we've talked about this with Gus Caddengill. Um, how can, how are the Pelicans going to be able to do over this stretch without Zion? And hopefully Brandon Ingram will be back at some point soon. But I mean, if he's not, it's still one of those things where it's going to be crucial. By the time you get to the All Star break, you will have played fifty nine total games. There's not that many games left after that. There's only yeah. twenty three, if my math serves me correct, of of subtracting and I trust from eighty two. Better than mine. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, this is it has gone by really fast lately, and we're getting to the point where it's going to get really serious. Fortunately for the Pelicans. I mean, and hopefully this remains the case. They have a little bit of a cushion, a little bit of a breathing room, as far as I'll take they're it. in third place right now. There's from fifth place on, every team in that in that space has three or three, four or five more losses than the Pelicans. So as long as they don't go through a losing span, um, they should be able to stay. Close to where they are right now, but I mean, there's a lot of teams that have to be concerned from night to night that if they lose a yeah. game, they're going to drop a bunch of spots.
4: Absolutely, it's easy to have that tunnel vision as Pelicans fans and feel like it's only happening to us. But yeah, a lot of teams are dealing with a lot of the same stuff the Pelicans are. And look, I read the tweets. I see you, silly geese. Take heart. Look, we are so close to making hay in the next in the next half of the season. Uh, I feel like we have already endured a lot of the toughest stretches we're going to endure this season, between injuries, between the opponents we've played, between the road stretches. So let's go. We're getting ready for the second half of the season. And no man we would rather talk about the second half of the season with than our own Todd Graffanini, radio play-by-play voice for your New Orleans Pelicans.
1: alley Jackson Hayes, reverse dunk, two hands. Oh, my heavens.
4: Uh, We're going to get him in here talk about the, his takeaways from the first half of the season, unsung heroes,
0: and villains.
4: Uh, always fun to talk to Graf. Let's get him in here.
2: Wow, what a play!
4: Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, the man of the hour. The man we're so happy to see because I almost forgot what his face looked like. He's been on the road forever. Our favorite
2: road dog, Mr. Todd Graffinini. Good to see you, man. It is good to see you, Joe. Good to see you, Jim. And yes, uh, we got back from a ten-day trip, and I was just very glad that my kids recognized me because I didn't think that was uh, yeah they weren't screaming at scary man for a little while. Yes, stranger danger, you know all that kind of stuff. But no, all is well, and uh, it's good because uh, we're going to be right back on the road again. So let's uh, (laughs) let's get it done.
4: We're here tonight, baby, and it's a big giveaway game versus the Heat, Jim. You getting your flag, man?
5: Definitely, man. I'm I'm all over it. I I can't believe I haven't gotten it already. But I guess you know we're just getting back into. I want a photo now.
4: shoot of just you wrapped around, just with the flag,
5: <laughs> nothing else on. Uh, that's that's just that's all I want uh, in this new year. How large is this flag? I, I'm I'm a little concerned about your. Photo that's shoot the thing. I we'll
2: find out. Whatever <laughs> you know? it may be, that's a very bad visual. Exactly.
5: Be a gambling man, Jim. Come on. <laughs>
4: Uh, Graf, man, we have uh, we have faced uh, quite a test on this stretch, man. I mean, it it was only five games; it felt like three months of my life uh, somehow. Because you know, you had a couple of games that I felt we won, uh, most of the ones that that we should have won, uh, especially shorthanded. Uh, you know, we at the end facing the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are a very good team. Pelicans, to their credit, were able to stay in it for most of that game. But, man, it just seemed like the road wore them down towards the end.
2: You know, it was very interesting. I watched the Cavaliers, who had exactly the same type of trip that the Pelicans were on, except they were out west. They had a five-game, ten-day trip, which ended in Minnesota the day before we got to Cleveland. And watching that game, Cleveland, who was 2-2 and on the trip, just like the Pelicans, had a double digit lead in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, done. They could not score. It was mm. very evident that they were tired. It was very evident. And I was talking about that on the air, actually, yeah. as the game was going on. And it just eventually wore them out. And, you know, they wound up losing by 10, and they were winning basically most of the game. And I'm looking at the Pels playing the Cavaliers, and exactly the same thing is happening right in front of my eyes. And you heard Willie Green after the game say, we just ran out of gas. And that was definitely the case. And it's just a difficult thing when you're on the road that long, eventually it's going to catch up to you. Look, that's life in the NBA. You got to deal with it. Uh, Every team's got to go through it. But uh, unfortunately, you know, when you're playing against a team like that and they're very, very good, especially in that building, you've got to kind of keep up with their energy because they got that energy especially in the second half, and we weren't able to match it. And then, of course, when you don't score, yeah. uh, it, it's really, really difficult.
5: And I think this time of year, is you, you see that with a lot of teams. You're kind of the most susceptible to to energy dropping and just being tired. I mean, we're kind of in what they call the dog days. where And we're
4: running out of dudes who can give the energy. I mean, right. we, we haven't been healthy. Yeah,
5: so. I mean, you still have um, close to a month before – all-star break is here and you've already played 40 plus games. It's a little different when you go on a long road trip in October, November, and the season is fresh and you're ready to go. So yeah, it was, it was a tough way to end the road trip. But I mean, overall under the circumstances, I mean, not happy with two and three, but it was, it was a decent trip. You'll
2: You'll take it and yeah. you had to win those games in Washington and Detroit. You just had mm-hmm. to, and they were able to take care of business. It's just, again, when you don't have your full complement of players, it's really difficult to go on the road and beat the better teams. And we saw it in Dallas. I mean, we I mean, we were a shell of ourselves yeah. in Dallas. We yeah. really had nobody available in that game. And then, of course, you're going up against Boston, who is full strength. Yeah, and then you're going grinder. up against Cleveland. We saw what happened at the end of that game. But, you know, just uh, really proud of the fight, though. Definitely. I know Willie Green says all the time, there are no moral victories or anything like that. But just to to be in all those games and and to get out of the trip you know it wasn't a devastating type of type yeah, of yeah that, that's trip. what i was you, about to say i was you, like we got we got through mostly healthy you're, you're staying you're staying afloat right now yeah. and that's really the key is we're kind of you know headed towards that break, and that's going to be a much welcomed all-star break, by and, the way.
5: And yes. we're seeing a lot of devastating across the Western Conference, so I think that's a good point. You're seeing teams in kind of a, the exact same situation as the Pelicans, mm-hmm. maybe not even as, as dire in terms of number of key players out that are seeing the bottom drop out. So that's a, that's really important, especially when you go on the road for a long stretch or you have a bunch of games on in a segment of the schedule where you're playing against tough teams to so not – Go one in seven, and like some of the other teams are doing right now that are really hurting their status and standings.
4: Yeah, it seems like uh, at least we were able to to maintain our third place uh, spot in the Mm -hmm. West. To to maintain that on that road trip, to get away mostly healthy Uh, with this stretch coming up here, you're hoping, fingers crossed, that you hear some good news about Brandon Ingram because nothing shuts people up and nothing makes people stop tweeting like winning. And I think people have forgotten how good it felt. Uh, When we were winning, I understand the frustration. I don't want to see, you know, have people roll in their eyes like, oh, he's wearing the shirt. He's, you know, backing him up. I get that. But this team has not been able to operate its offense as it's supposed to for a long time now. And to be able to stay afloat with this sort of shell of itself sort of shows you as other teams have their depth tested and they're sort of failing that test. Pelican's doing fairly well with that test.
5: Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned how the grip on third place is a little bit more tenuous. They actually gained ground, I believe, on Dallas because Dallas lost two games in a row to Portland and hasn't really been playing that well. They got—that's one team I look at specifically. They were within one game. I'm sure people remember this. They were within within one game of the Pelicans after the Mavericks beat New Orleans in Dallas last weekend, and now it's two and a half. So the Pelicans are actually up by more than they were at that point. Where I mean, after that game, honestly, I looked at it like you know Dallas, the way they're playing, they could you know overtake new Orleans for that third spot, but it's actually gone the other way. So crucial to just keep getting wins when you can. And, and, uh, I mean, to be in the top four, I think is, is important. Maybe not necessarily just the top three.
4: Well, uh, graph, you know, as, as, uh, Jim said, we're about halfway through the season. So, uh, you look at this all-star break coming up and, uh, you know, what, what is your biggest takeaway from the first half? I, I would say it's been sort of a, an odd, at least in the, in the Western conference beginning to the season so far.
2: I just think that I never expected Denver to be where they are right now. Uh, I mean, look, I know they have the back-to-back MVP, but I guess, you know, when they didn't have Murray and and, uh, and Porter last year, um, it really big, made a big difference for them. Yeah. And now that those guys are playing, it, it's, you know, Jokic continues to do unbelievable things and he's doing it nightly now. And uh more importantly for them, he's playing every night. I mean, he's missed, you know, a handful of games, but not enough where it's going to make a difference because as we know, even on the court, uh, when he is not on the floor, they're just not as good of a team. But mm-hmm. um, they're they're pretty good. I just didn't expect him to be this good. Memphis, I think, is
4: yeah, they're what we're ex-
2: I've expected Memphis to be where they are. They're very, very good. Yeah. They have no weaknesses whatsoever. Um, I think for the Pels to be in third place right now, considering all the games missed, that's a bit of a bit of a pleasant surprise as mm-hmm. well. Um it, it's just, you know, when you look at the Western Conference, it's just so tight. You've got to avoid the long losing streaks. That's yeah. the key. If you're gonna lose a game here or there, Two in a row, okay, you can deal with that. But if you lose three, four, five in a row, you can drop a couple of spots, three, four, even five in the standings very, very quickly. And that's what Jim was talking about a little earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could definitely play your way out of the top six, which is the ultimate. I mean, well, the ultimate goal right now is top four because it's looking like Denver and Memphis are starting to pull away. Yeah. Yeah. you know if you could get 3 or 4 that would be fantastic but you've got to stay out of that play in
5: my biggest takeaway from the first half ish of the season obviously we're 44 games in now um is that we all knew that the future of this team was really bright and that you know down the road this team was going to be a force but i think for me the biggest thing is that the present is brighter than than i think even people that were really optimistic about this season thought i mean to be like we just said to beat third place right now is something that I think is a little bit beyond what I thought going into the season. I mean, my goal, I remember we said this on the show, my goal was to be in the top six. Mm -hmm. And when you looked at the list of teams in the Western conference, I thought back in October that that was a pretty reasonable thing to say that, you know, finishing in the top six, if they can achieve that, that's great. But when you look at um, where the team is overall, especially when you factor in that, obviously there's been two key guys that have been out a lot lately and missed a bunch of games for the talent on this team we thought was really high, but I think it's even higher than I was expecting it to be. And the the younger guys are even more ready to um, contribute and make a big impact. You see a lot of guys in the NBA have a good rookie season, but then they don't necessarily make a jump in their second year. Whereas here, it seems like we've seen it across the board with the younger guys and Dyson Daniels as a rookie, I think has been really impactful doing stuff that you don't, think necessarily a 19-year-old is going to be able to jump in and do. So overall, I'm just excited about the fact that 2022-23 looks to be even better than I was thinking best-case scenario it would be. And then when you factor in if this team had been closer to full strength, it would have even taken it to a different level. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased with how fun this season has been from The standpoint of how much they've won and where they are in the West.
2: And to add something to Jim, and look, Jim's been here a long, long time. And I think one of the things that's been good to watch, and again, this hasn't been the case, Jim, the Pels are beating the teams that they're supposed to be this year. Mm -hmm. And that's a big reason why they're in the position that they are right now, because that has not been the case in the past. I mean, we've seen... Lots of losses with teams that on paper you're thinking, all right, we got to get a win tonight. House of Horrors, the Wizards, for example. And it it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a big key as to why the Pels have as many wins as they do right now because when you're looking at the schedule, all right, you got to beat that team. You got to beat that. And for the most part, we're beating them.
4: Yeah, and to me, I think the biggest takeaway from the first half is kind of goes to your point, Jim, is the carryover of that cohesion from last season. I think has been so important for this team, especially shorthanded, as that depth has had to be tested. You have a bunch of guys that are in a knife fight for minutes, uh, that are basically in competition with one another, seeing each other as brothers. You know, behind the scenes, uh, on the court, you see that sort of brotherhood, and I think that's gone a long way some of these wins you hear Jonas talking about the sacrifices you have to make for team for championship you've seen CJ step up when he has had to be a scorer when he's had to be more than just a glue guy and he's done that and and to see that sort of building towards a greater goal that's something that teams with championships in mind have but you usually have to knock on the door a little bit more it seems like to have that as as locked in as they are and that's been great to see. This team has a championship mentality before they've even gone deep in the playoffs. And I think that's going to serve them well. Uh, Jim, on your list of uh, of topics today, you also have biggest unsung hero uh, of the Pelicans. That's a hard one because there's a lot of possibilities.
5: Boy, yeah, yeah. There's, like,
4: there's so many underdogs to choose from. I feel like yeah. we could go through you know, another round of it and still
5: have some. I, I kind of I'm kind of glad you're letting me go first because we didn't talk about this. So we might have the same answer. Yes. So. Um, mine is Larry Nance Jr., and it, it, took, it took me a long time to try to narrow it down to exactly who I was going to go with. But it's an for him, one. I, I go with him because I think for multiple reasons. One, I think his addition has added we, we, we talk about depth so much on this podcast. His addition has made the front court so deep. I mean, you're in a situation where Jackson Hayes only recently started getting playing time, Billy Hernan Gomez, Euro basket MVP, is in and out of the rotation. I mean, He's been such a huge factor, and in today's NBA, you also need that versatile big who's mobile and athletic. He gives New Orleans another great option um, behind Jonas Valanciunas, who's also been a monster lately, Mm -hmm. Um, but also Larry for the locker room. I just think he's a leader, just like C.J. McCollum. Um, When When, when
4: he was talking Jackson Hayes through not getting a tech at the free throw line, I don't know if you saw that. I Uh, didn't see that. the, the, The basket mic picked up. Uh, Larry asking the ref he's close to a tech and the ref said he's been close to one and Larry told Jackson hey you hear that shut up and so Larry's sort of guiding yeah. Jackson being that veteran in those moments too I don't know if a lot of people see that stuff but sure. it goes a huge way in terms of Larry's presence
5: and he's added a lot in terms of just the bonding overall to the team I love Larry's post game recaps that yep. he posts on on Twitter Um, always joking with people Um, just seems like he has a great relationship with everybody. And I mean, I put him in the unsung hero category because for two reasons, partly he's not a guy. I think a lot of times that people talk about when nationally, when they talk about why the, have the Pelicans been so good, but he's been huge for that. One of the reasons why they started the season so well. And also, because he was definitely a trade afterthought, people didn't realize that he was going to be as impactful. So, both on the court and off the court, I feel like he's been great.
2: Well, that's a very deep answer, Jim. I'm going to go. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go as deep, but uh, I got to give it to my guy, Jonas Valanciunas. You already mentioned yeah. his name. I mean, he, he. What can you say, Warrior? I,
4: yeah.
2: Warrior, constantly believing. The guy is just that he's there every night. You can count on him every night, and for the most part, you can count on double doubles. Um, he had another. Games. Had another. Well, he hadn't missed a game yet. He yeah. started every one. We're we're you know Antonio Daniels and I are sitting uh, in the Celtics practice facility uh, before we flew to Detroit, and we had a practice that day. And Jonas comes up to us and. You know, we're just kind of talking to him, and, and he's like, Yeah, my goal is to play all 82 games. And I mean, think about that. It, that's very, very rare in today's. And you don't hear many basketball players even aspiring to that. No, no, that's, it, it's just, it's rare nowadays. And he started and played in every game. And when you watch, again, we're pretty fortunate because we get to see every game uh, in person. And when you watch the beating that man takes mm-hmm. every single night, it, it just makes you appreciate what he's doing, and it, it's just its big time, and we are very, very fortunate that he is a member of the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned fortunate. when
4: he's coming into the building a lot of times, I mean, he's being wheeled in in a gurney. The dude <laughs> is hurting,
2: and he still gets on the court. Well, he – I tell you, I won't forget this because I talked to him about it. We had a shoot around uh, in a, at a local high school in Birmingham, Michigan um, because we were staying out there, and he had to come out of the shoot around. His hand was hurting him so bad. I mean, he was just wincing and, and had to, to step away. And I talked to him, you know, when we were headed to the bus, I'm like, How's your hand, man? He goes, How's your it is what it is? I mean, that's <laughs> literally the response. Yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna take the night off. Yeah. He's not gonna take the Put night on off. The hard so. hat. But I was like, man, that guy's I mean, he was in. Pain, he was in pain, yeah. but he just uh, he just shows up. And by the way, he had 33 that night. 33-16 yeah. and 16 yeah. that game, yeah. 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 No yeah. big absolute deal. absolute warrior. Uh, you know, my answer, I don't even know
4: if he's unsung at this point anymore, but it's got to be Najee Marshall for me. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy at the beginning of the season. If, if the, you either told me the ball's in his hands and we're counting on him to score, I would have been absolutely petrified. Uh, but seeing the jump that he's made yeah. and now seeing the fans start to gravitate towards Najee, he's been beloved in the locker room for a long time. You know, especially him and Jose have a big brotherhood. And they, and everyone knows Najee is like the, the jokester. But seeing him come on and be an integral part of this team, averaging almost 20 points, the knife himself, you know, becoming a fan favorite. I'm just super proud of Najee. Uh, you know, as we creep into this second half, we gotta we gotta look at what are we looking at in the second half from these pelicans. Uh graph, I know you you said it yourself. You're watching every game. Uh you are you are tuning in, combing through it with a with a jeweler's eyepiece every bit of this pelican season. What are you looking for?
2: I, I just we gotta get our team whole. That, yeah. I mean that that is it. That was my thing too. Health. We, we just know. we gotta get healthy. I mean, we know how cap we know how good we're capable of being when we have everybody available. Mm-hmm. And that's we you really can't judge the season until you see everybody on the floor. We saw early this year, when I mean it's only been ten games, where we basically had everybody. Uh, how good they can be. I mean, you think about the first two games of the year in Brooklyn and in Charlotte. Did not trail one minute in either of those two games with everybody on the floor. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just looking to see everybody on the court. Same. I think I think I'd, all of us probably have the same answer there, and and we're close.
4: Zion's going to be reevaluated soon. You hope for the best news there. You hope that B.I., as you're seeing him splashing shots and stuff, he's getting closer to the court. Let's be patient, Pelicans fans. Now, the real fun one, before we get you out of here, because Lord knows I love the venom. The best graph is an angry graph. (laughs) And uh, Jim had a juicy question here. Who is your biggest villain thus far
2: I'm well, interested in this I one. had to write these down because yeah, you got as, a book I, as I thought of one, <laughs> then another, and then another popped into my mind. So, um, first I got to go way back because I'm never going to let this go, but, uh, Matt Ryan of the LA oh, Lakers, yes. who is oh, wow. uh, now not even one. with the LA Lakers, yeah. making that three at the end of uh, that regulation. to do with his
4: name a little bit too, maybe. Uh, it mind? just
2: you know, I I get the uh, I get the shakes. But um, that I mean, again, yeah. he's not even on the Lakers anymore. Yeah. So uh, I'm going That's one of them. I'm I'm never gonna let go of that game. I'm never gonna let go <laughs> yep. of that game. All Went right, to the foe. Now let's get a little more obvious here. Devin Booker, mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Oh man. 59 points. What do you at? 58, 59 against us. Yeah. Um, in that game in Phoenix, He had a 24 point lead in the third quarter and, uh, he single handedly brought Phoenix back. That was a tough loss as well. Yeah. Um, all right. Another obvious win, Dylan Brooks, of uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, look that, you know, Memphis is going to be a, a real rival of ours. i Firmly believe that yeah, in the especially years to come. In division, yeah. Look, Brooks is a heck of a player, but boy, he aggravates me, man. I mean, he <laughs> just he's he 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 jaws. He's a heck of a defender, though, and um, you know he can score. But uh, I'm going to go Dylan Brooks, and then kind of a, out of the box. I'm going Lowry Markinen, man for the Jazz. That guy, <laughs> yeah, just ate, that guy just <laughs> ate how us a lot. dare he have the <laughs> season mean, he's
4: having, especially against us to to kick things off. Th- there. They
2: just they they had our number this year, and Markinen was a very very big part of that. So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, uh, those are my four.
5: I like the fact that you, it, you put in some a villain that was in there just for playing really well. That it wasn't just because <laughs> How we, he did dare. something that he just. Dis- we dislike.
4: No, why? Why
2: do that against right, us? Right now, you know right. who I'm
4: going with. Your man. I'm going with uh, Austin Rivers because I, I still the Jonas stare is locked into my mind. Ooh, that's a good one from when he pushed Austin Rivers, and Austin Rivers is just such a. <laughs> he's so easy to hate. I don't <laughs> want to call him a weasel. That that stare. Uh, that that to me cemented Jonas as as a fan favorite. Graph. I know you got to get out of here. You got to call tonight. Big fan giveaway tonight. Got to have a flag. Uh, Jim is going to be draped in it. Check out the studio window. He'll be twirling around. Uh, We'll have some music playing. It's going to be a whole show. Wow. Uh, Graf, let's hope we get this win against the Heat. Yep. And Jimmy Butler, let's go, Pels, tonight.
2: Let's do it.
0: Terms and conditions
1: apply. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? Oh, big old thanks to Todd Graffinini. Uh,
4: The man looks grizzled from his time on the road. So sad he'll be hitting the road again after this game. But glad to have him in the building just for one versus the Heat tonight, Jim. Uh, Man, you know what? As I look at the calendar, I see that it's Wednesday. And uh, last I checked, there's a certain hashtag
5: that you're pushing on a Wednesday. Yes, it's Western Conference Wednesday. Woo! Ooh, get pumped. I almost missed my cue there, but I'm glad <laughs> it took me a second but I nailed it. No. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, we're trying to uh trying to build this up. I think maybe there's a couple more people on board since yeah, the probably last probably bots, but doesn't matter. Right. We'll take them. Right. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that, but it's been a uh it's been such an interesting season in the Western Conference so far. Um, yeah, a weird one. The standings are so compact. Uh 5th place right now is 24 and 21. 13th place is 20 and 24. So, I mean, talk about a a narrow gap there. I think some of the – what's made the West so compact in the standings is there's been multiple surprises, both from a good standpoint and a negative standpoint. I mean, there's three teams to me at kind of the halfway point here that have surpassed expectations – and that has made it more interesting because there's more teams in the mix as far as just finishing in the top 10 and just being in the play-in tournament. Yeah. And those three teams obviously are Sacramento, Utah, and Oklahoma City. Yeah. I think generally speaking, I know this is, feels like forever ago, but if you go back to October, in general, people had Sacramento as kind of their nominal 11th team. They said these are the 10 teams that we think are going to be no worse than playing, and yeah. Sacramento is that 11th team has a chance to push into the top ten and maybe make it interesting, but otherwise everyone's safe. Well, guess what? That was totally wrong. Yes, that prediction has been blown to pieces by the fact that Utah has jumped into the mix. and, like I said, Oklahoma City as well. So instead of having ten ish eleven ish teams that are competing for the top ten, now you have thirteen. Yeah, and part of what has made this the race interesting as well, I mentioned the three teams that have been surprising from a positive standpoint, there's been a lot of teams that have dealt with tons of injuries and have not even come close to either what they did last season or what people expected from them going into this year. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the obvious candidates in that list are uh golden state is exactly 500 right now. Yep. Clippers are exactly 500 right now. Those are, those might've been the two teams that people pick the most as a th- golden state, especially
4: a clippers. It's sort of like, you, you don't know health wise, what right. you're going to get with PG and Kawhi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Golden State – and Golden State has had a problem sometimes with, uh, you know, taking the regular season maybe as seriously as they should. Sure. But this one wasn't that. You know, it's been injury. It's Mm -hmm. been sort of a a rough start for Golden State, but always afraid
5: of them. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that no one wants to play in the playoffs. But, I mean, they're not guaranteed – I mean, I'm sure with Curry back now they feel – pretty darn confident in things over the last 30-plus games of the season. But if you look at it, if you just look at the standings and you look on on paper, they're not even guaranteed to be in the postseason if they right. go on a losing streak. They've had massive problems on the road, obviously. Some of their younger guys that they wanted to vault into bigger roles have not been able to come through. So add that all together and they're in the position where they are. You know, you mentioned the Clippers – in terms of preseason, I felt the same way that, you know, there's a lot of question marks. You have Kawhi coming back after he missed all last year. I was very surprised at how many people put them in the category of the, a favorite or close to a favorite just by name alone, like star power. And 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 it's been one of those things where, and Zach Lowe's talked about this a lot with Brooklyn. It's like a theoretical team. It's like a team that you say like, well, if everything comes together, um, they're gonna be great, but it just seems like it doesn't ever come all to come together, unfortunately yeah. for them. Um so you have those two you have Golden State and the Clippers, and then you have uh Minnesota. People thought maybe they would have trouble in the playoffs because of matchups and stuff like that and the big lineup, but they would people are like, yeah, they'll win fifty games, no problem in the regular season, and here they are in ninth place. Yeah. Um Phoenix won sixty four games last year. They already have twenty-four losses. They were sixty four and eighteen last season. They've had not just injuries, but just crucial, crucial injuries. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. other,
4: anytime Devin Booker goes out, they're they're kind of toast.
5: Right. They've like. just they've just fallen apart without him. Yeah. There's I I'd have to look this up. It's something like three and twelve or three and thirteen yeah. when he doesn't play this year. So, um, that has but but it's just made it so so fascinating to me over the last couple months of the regular season just to see. I mean, there's gonna be three teams of this group of the 13 that don't even survive that on April 9th, their season is over and they're going to be looking around saying, I mean, if it's, I think Sacramento is very motivated to make the playoffs for obvious reasons. They haven't made it for a while. Yeah. But Utah and Utah and Oklahoma city went into the season. I I don't think saying like, we have to make the play in tournament.
4: Oh, I think this is all just borrowed money. It's gravy. Right. I mean, the thunder are going to be a a monster in a few seasons, Mm -hmm. just based on the war chest they have with shade, Gilgis, Alexander, I mean, they, they look a lot like the
5: Pelicans, where they yeah. got a good young core and a million picks. I'm glad you said that because it's exactly like the Pelicans in terms of look at what they're doing right now. Like people thought they're with early, both, yeah, right, exactly. With both the Pelicans and the Thunder, people were like, you know, their future is really bright. Two years from now, look out. But I, no one thought Oklahoma City was going to be 21 and 23 at this point sure in the season. And Oklahoma City right now is ahead, and granted it's a narrow margin, but they're think about this. They're ahead of the Trailblazers, the Suns, and the Lakers. And I think they could stay there. Yeah. They're a good team. They're if anything, they're on their way up in terms of what their results have been yeah. lately. They just had a road trip that was so impressive to me. They had I think it was a one-point loss to Miami, but other than that, they beat they won in Philly. They won in Brooklyn. They won in Chicago. They're tough. So I mean, they're they but adding them to the mix, and like I said, Sacramento and Utah has made this so fun because now you're talking about instead of 10 teams, 11 teams maybe coasting into the end of the regular season and saying like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. We'd, it'd be nice to have a higher seed, but we're, we're still going to be in the play in yeah, tournament no matter what that's not going to happen. And, and it's going to be a fight to, see who continues their season when when it's all said and done. On and April it's 9th. absolutely
4: the, the opposite of last season where, you know, when you got to the tail end, like the play in, that's about who should have been there, you know? Yeah. And, then, and then everyone mm-hmm. that was left out, eh, that, that's right. about who should be left out this season. It's, you're going to see some good teams left out it's mm-hmm. it's going to be
5: kind of heartbreaking for a few fan bases i mean to that point too the spurs were the 10 seed last year made the play in tournament with only 34 wins pelicans got in at 36 so yeah you're totally right i mean beyond san antonio a lot of people would probably have said like 34 wins doesn't really isn't enough to make you deserve to have your yeah. season continue and then the pelicans knock them out but there's no way that a team is going to get to 34 wins and and be able to continue their season. I mean, the Lakers are 13th place right now and they're 20 and 24. So, I mean, there's four games under 500 right now still does not get you even into the top 10. So that's, what a change from last year, yeah. and it's going to be a lot of fun.
4: It's an interesting season, and Graff, actually, we were going to talk about this with Graff, but we sort of ran out of time. You know, he said it. His biggest surprise in the West was the Kings. I think people, you know, the Kings sort of have the same problems as the Pelicans, where people just sort of thought of them as an afterthought. A lot, maybe a lot of forgetting about them is just based on reputation. Yeah. They haven't been, you know, relevant track record. In the, yeah, mm-hmm. in, the, in the playoffs mm-hmm. since, what, the early 2000s? Oh, 06, yep. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's been a minute, and I think a lot of people forget about the Kings, but forget about them at your own peril. They are tough this season.
5: Yeah, they're a great example, too, of, you know, people always say, like, ah, you know, they're never going to do anything. They're they're not going to get anywhere. But then one season they come up and they do accomplish stuff, and they, they're just a totally different squad this year. So um, credit to them. I mean, right now, honestly, if you really look at it, if you examine the race, they're the team the Pelicans need to be the most concerned about because yeah. they're only one game behind New Orleans in the standings, and they're tied in the loss column right now. So, I mean, to me Sacramento and Dallas if you want to look at short term, those are the the two teams that the Pelicans if you're scoreboard watching out there, which we like to do i yeah, think, I think those it's about time you to start on. now yeah you know, we're, we're sort mm-hmm.
4: of like i we, we know we're going to the postseason i feel like at this point unless just an absolute total collapse happens sure uh so now you're sort of you're starting to watch other teams you're starting to watch the seeding. you're starting to watch who's slipping so this is the part of the season where it really really gets interesting lock in jim can't wait to see you tonight at the smoothie king center uh pregame starts at 6:30 with me and Mr. Goose Kattengel on 99.5 WRNO. So check it out. Jim, thanks
5: as always, my friend. Thanks, Joe. And I'm looking forward to, I'm going to have to come up with some dances tonight for the uh, yeah, routine work that on it. apparently you've promoted that I wasn't aware of. So hey, I'm check have to out get TikTok. Going. You know,
4: I'm going to be promoting the uh, the gym dance all night. Uh, maybe the gritty, something, you know, something. <laughs> just check out TikTok. The teens are doing all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we are the Bellicans Podcast presented by SeatGeek. Thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to you again on Friday. And until then...
3: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time, right here on the New Orleans Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek.